Well, it started in grocery stores all over America when people ran off to their local grocery store to try and buy enough groceries uh, for them to live, apparently, on forever. They bought everything from toilet paper to pasta if you were in Los Angeles, and we never understood why. Uh, they, uh, they began to hoard, they began to buy things up because they were starting to panic. Then after that, it was hand sanitizer, and after that, it was medical supplies. And then after that, some of the larger hospitals begin to buy up other supplies to a disproportionate amount. And then after that, some of the countries around the world are beginning to rethink exporting goods and keeping their domestic supplies closer to home. It seems whenever human nature is confronted with a crisis, the tendency is to flee, it's to hoard, maybe gouge, leverage, take advantage, turn inward upon ourselves and make sure that me and my own are taken care of. In the Bible, the metaphor that is used to describe people who behave like this is sheep without a shepherd. It's used multiple times in the prophets to describe people when they panic. When sheep have no shepherd, the prophets say, they run in every direction looking for anything they can find. They hoard things. They butt heads with each other, says Ezekiel. They push one another out of the way. They stampede. They fight. They turn against their leaders and complain because they have no defense. They're sheep without a shepherd. I believe that what is needed in our country right now is a stabilizing force consisting of people who have a different soul, people that are turned outward, not inward, people that believe God is active in this world, not outside of it looking through a window, but with us in this crisis. I believe that what is needed, what the country is crying for right now, even though they can't find words for it, is not another leader or another scientist or a social entrepreneur or a cultural analyst with another book coming out. They're looking for a shepherd but they don't know it. They're looking for someone who is turned outward onto others, who can see other people and discern the need. Someone who takes responsibility for a crisis rather than shuns responsibility. Someone who faces the threat instead of running away from it. Someone who is bold and resourceful and yet unselfish and willing to do hundreds of little things that no one sees in order for people to flourish. What worries me in times like this is that so many of our leaders who we thought were shepherds are actually just more popular sheep. Some of them are better administrators or leaders than they are shepherds. But what is needed right now 
is a shepherd. And there is one question that will drive this behavior of looking outward. Where will we find food for these people to eat? That question asked twice in the Bible, once in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament, both times by a shepherd, shows the heart of someone when God possesses them and it turns all the attention outward onto others. The first time is in Numbers chapter 11. Moses is the shepherd. He's been leading his people and he's got them in the desert. And they get to a place after teaching and after caring for them, they run out of food. And when they run out of food, the people begin to grumble. They're confused. They're helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And so Moses goes before the Lord and he says, where will we find food for all these people to eat? And the Lord says, take the 70 elders and have them gather around the tent. Then I will come down and take the spirit that is on you and I will put it on the 70 elders so that they will help you carry the load. You will not need to carry it alone. <laughs> You'll notice he never addressed the question. Where will I find food for these people to eat? No, take the 70 elders and I will put my spirit upon the 70 elders. So Moses, still a little confused, waits a little longer. The Lord comes back another time. And this time he says, go tell the people that they will eat. They'll have enough to eat, not for one day or two, not for five, 10 or 20. Tell them that they will gather so much food over the course of a month that it will be coming out of their nostrils. They'll not only have enough, they'll have more than enough. So Moses looks back to the skies, I guess, and says to the Lord, Lord, if these people slaughtered all of their cattle, if they caught every fish in the sea, it would not be enough. I am one man among 600,000 men, plus their families. There's just not enough food. And the Lord says, is my arm too short? In other words, is there anything I cannot do? Then he says, Moses, now wait and see whether or not what I said will come true. So Moses went out and said to the people, I, I, uh, I heard from the Lord. And he says that we are going to have more food than we know what to do with. Sure enough, the next day, a wind came in over the sea and it blew millions of quail over the land. And now exhausted from the flight, they landed on the ground and the people began to collect them for several days. Not one family collected less than 60 bushel of quail. And the 70 elders, they began to prophesy. In fact, they never prophesied again after that day. Moses was so surprised by this, he said almost in wishful thinking, wow, 
would to God that his spirit would come over all of God's people. The miracle that day in the desert was not just the multiplication of the food, but the multiplication of the shepherds. God was moving his spirit off of one onto the many so that they would carry the weight together. In the New Testament, that very miracle is repeated again, this time with another shepherd in Jesus. See if you hear the similarities. Jesus is in the desert. He's been teaching for at least one day. He's been curing people of their diseases. And when he looks up, he notices that the crowd is coming from all directions. And when he sees it, he says to his disciples, where will we find food for these people to eat? This is Moses' question. And Philip, who is from the area, says, Lord, uh, if we used our wages for an entire year, we would not have enough food. Do you hear Moses in Philip's voice? And by the time he says it, Andrew comes up and there's a boy with him. Lord, says Philip, if, if we spend all of our money, Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Now with a boy beside him, Andrew says, Lord, we have here a boy with uh, five small barley loaves. That barley was the food for the poor, poor man's bread tells you something about the economic status of the boy's home. But at least he came prepared. No one else did. We have here a boy with five small loaves and, and just two fish. But what is that among a crowd so many? Do you hear again Moses' voice? And when he sees it, Jesus, who knew what he was going to do, must have smiled and said to the disciples, have the crowd sit down. And when the crowd sat down, Jesus took the bread and lifted it over his head and he blessed it. No one knows for sure what he said. Some believe he prayed the prayer of a rabbi at Passover Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who causes bread to come from the earth. He blesses the Lord as much as he blesses the bread. And then by getting his disciples to come around him, Jesus begins to hand the bread to the disciples, enlisting them like the 70 elders and they distribute the food. And what was once not enough is now enough. And then says Jesus, go pick up the leftovers. There is more than enough. Here beside the Sea of Galilee, as in the desert in Moses' day, 
God is multiplying not only the resources, but he's multiplying the shepherds. He's recruiting people to come in and help him carry the load. This week, I've heard story after story of people in our congregation that have looked up and outward onto others, and they've taken responsibility for somebody else's condition, and they've used what little they have, and no, it is not enough, but it's available. And what's possible is not possible until they take what is available and give it to God. And I've watched how God has used the lives of our people to bless others in so many ways. I think about Kismet Porter, who made copies of Psalm 93 and then went around to different houses and put them on the house and knocked on the door, then left. Social distance, but still... I think of Bob and Elaine Wing who made signs for people uh, with verses on them. And they did the same thing, only they knocked on windows. They went up to the window, they knocked on the window, they put the sign over the window, and then they walked away. And my, my father was one of those who got this sign from them with a scripture verse on it. I think of Joe Kelly who was serving communion to his family last week because we weren't able to take it together. I think of Jeannie Argot, who was told that she can't go into the places that she volunteered, so she decided to walk around them and pray for these places that wouldn't let her in. I think of Abby Wilkinson, who took the kids and started to sidewalk chalk the sidewalks with messages of encouragement for people. And I think of more than 60 cars that drove through last week and dropped off food for people in our church. Two weeks ago, when this whole thing started and we felt there would be a shortage of food, Pastor Bo went to Meyer and he started to buy it up because he wanted to stock the food supply. On one particular day, he was going four or five, maybe six times in a day because he didn't want to look like a hoarder. And this trip through the checkout, there were a couple of women behind him while he had a lot of macaroni and cheese in the basket. And the two women behind him, one said aloud, oh, looks like we've got a hoarder here. Bo said nothing. Good on you, Bo. The woman in front of him turned around and said, oh, you must have a large family. Bo said, no, actually, I'm a pastor in a local church and I'm trying to buy up supplies. We're trying to create several meals to feed several families, said Bo, when he said it, the woman checking them out with tears in her eyes, just mouthed, thank you. Think about the people that, 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 that you know that are within arm's reach right now. And while the tendency of everyone else is to pull inward and collect our resources so we have enough? Can you be one of those people that fights that current and looks outward onto others and ask yourself, what do they need 
more than food. Every time there's a crisis in our community, several organizations are really good at collecting food, and we should. That's the place to start. But maybe you could be one of those people that's providing other things they're hungry for, and it seems in short supply. Can I give you a few? One of those is hope. It's not an accident that people are clamoring toward miracle drugs. They're trying to set arbitrary dates when all of this will be over because they're looking for hope. They want an end time to it. And hope is not a silly statement about how everything is going to be all right because it's not always all right. Hope is the assurance that when things are not all right, it still makes sense. God is in control and he is using this for our good. That's hope. They don't have love. 80% of the people in the workforce today say that there is no one in the company looking out for their careers. Imagine what that is now in our city where people have run off to Meijer and Walmart or the local grocery looking for themselves. Love looks outward. And when people feel loved, they feel safe. They can be vulnerable and open with each other. They can even be generous themselves because they know someone else is looking out for their good. Grace. You can offer grace. This is a time when America feels that they are under tremendous threat and our immediate response like sheep without a shepherd is to attack people in charge. Why does there have to be a culprit? Why does there have to be a victim? Why did somebody have to screw up in order for us to make sense of this? Don't be one of those people. Be a person of grace. If things are happening in your company or in your household and information's not getting to you, understand that the time lapse between Something being created in the moment we have to do it is very short and we can't always go through proper channels. Not here, not where you work or where you live. Be a person that extends grace. People are hungry for it. What is needed right now is a new kind of person who looks up like Jesus and he sees the crowd and when he sees them, he can discern And he takes responsibility for their condition. And then he takes what little he has and he gives it to the Father who multiplies it. Some years ago, we talked about shepherding in our church. And I challenged you to be a shepherd. Here's how you might do that now more than ever. Somewhere near you or in your life is a small circle of people that already come to you for advice or counsel. You hear from them probably every day, every other day. If you can identify, we said between 3 and 12 
people that are already in your life who weigh your advice more than others, write their name down. After you write their name down, take it to the Father tomorrow morning in prayer and ask the question, what do you want to be true of them when this crisis is over? Maybe behind each name, you'll put down a virtue or a value that you want added to this person's life and then begin to pray that God will bring that virtue into that person's life. Then when you find things, you hear things or read things uh, in the news or in your daily course, send them the link. Send them a text, send them a message of encouragement. Remind them that you were praying this morning and their name came to mind. And this is how you prayed and their heart will be encouraged. And finally, if you notice any time in the next few weeks that these people feel threatened, maybe they're wandering off, maybe they're afraid, maybe they're wounded, pick up the phone and call them. Don't just send them an email. Pick up the phone and call them and say, you know what? I was praying this morning and the Lord brought your name to mind. Are you okay? How can I pray specifically for you on this day? So right now, as the service ends, this is a time when so many of us who are watching at home get ready to just put the laptop down. If you'll hold on just a little bit longer, Close your eyes right now and ask God to give you three to 12 names. Someone that he's putting on your heart. He wants you to see them. He wants you to take responsibility for them. And then he wants you to take what little thing you have and give it to the Father so he can multiply the gift and the shepherds. Take a moment and ask the Father for names.